This is the Connection Christian Church Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Hope this inspires you and builds your faith. Enjoy the message. Good morning, everyone, and happy Sunday to you. I'm glad to be here with you and to be able to, to worship together and celebrate together. Um, we're going to continue on in our series called Question and Answer, Questions and Answers, and you know, we've been asking questions all the way through this series that pertain to the circumstance that we're in right now, the, the, the questions that, that might come up. And last, uh, last Sunday, we talked about the question, how? How are we going to do this? How, how do we do the things that we don't um, really know how to do, or, or it's just a little overwhelming? And, and we said, you know, do what you can with what you have, where you are. And let Jesus take care of the rest. And I, I want to continue on in that thought today a little bit as we move on in Mark chapter 6. Um, and I want to ask the question, what? What? This is a very interesting question depending on the context. But here's really the, the, the extended question that I want to ask is, is what, do you, what do you do when you don't know what to do? What do you do when you don't know what to do? Like right now, we're in the middle of this pandemic, and there's, uh, you know, the, the, the lockdown, the isolation, the social distancing, all of that. When you go to Walmart or to Target or somewhere like that, to a grocery store, people don't even know how to walk down aisles anymore. Like people, people are literally turning around and going the other way because there's two people coming toward them, and they just don't know what to do, so they just turn around and, and leave. Um, you know, we, we don't know how to, how to hand people things or how to speak to people. We're wearing masks and gloves and all kinds of things. We just don't know what to do. And, uh, you know, when we don't know what to do, it can put us into this state of mind of, you know, kind of being like that, that squirrel in the middle of the road that just don't know which way to run. So it just keeps going around and around in circles. And, and, and that's not where I believe God wants us to be as the church, as Christians, as followers of Christ, of, of children of God. God doesn't want us to be in that place of not knowing which way to go, not knowing which way to move. But when we have so many unanswered questions around us and, and we don't know when things are changing or what they're going to look like when they change or, or any of that, we can end up finding ourselves in that, what? What do I do here? I don't know what to do. What do I do when I don't know what to do is the question. So I want to look at Mark chapter 6, verse 45. We're going to continue on from last week. We talked about the feeding of the 5,000, that, that, that Jesus uh, showed them how to do what they could with what they had, where they were, and he took care of the rest. Today we're going to move on into this question. In Mark chapter uh, 6, verse 45, it says this, Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him, to Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. After leaving them, he went up on the mountainside to pray. Now, I want to set the context here. Jesus has been trying to give his disciples some rest. Remember last week he was going across the, the lake so that the disciples could get some rest after long periods of, of ministry and pouring out and emptying themselves for uh, the people around them. They are tired and, and they tried to get some rest and they tried crossing the lake and they ended up 
another crowd ended up um, meeting them there. And so they, they, uh, they ministered to them and they fed them and they went late into the night. And so now Jesus is trying to get his disciples some more rest. So he tells them, get in a boat and go. Just, get, just, just move on and, and go get some rest. And he pulls away and goes up on the mountainside to pray. Here, here's my first, my first point. When you don't know what to do, pray. We're going to learn from what Jesus did, what the disciples did, and what the crowd did. And, and, and right here, I think Jesus is giving us a, an example of what to do when you just don't know what to do. Now, I'm not saying Jesus didn't know what to do, but what I am saying is that Jesus is giving us an example of what to do when we feel overwhelmed, when we feel uh, like we're just being pulled in too many different directions, uh, we're being emptied out and drained. Uh, This is what you do. You get alone with God, and you connect with Him. You pray. You spend time in the, in the Word, and you spend time allowing God to speak to you and to speak to Him and to, to release your burdens to Him and to tell Him what your, what your requests are, right? I, I love Philippians um, 4, 6, and 6 and 7. That it, it, whenever you are filled with anxiety, right, be anxious for nothing, but in all things through prayer and petition and supplication, present your requests to God. God is good with us presenting our requests to Him. He's not going to be overwhelmed like we get overwhelmed. When we come to Him with our requests, He he reaches out to us like a loving Father that wants to help and who can help. So prayer is our first tool. It's our first move to, uh, to overcome the overwhelm. And so it goes on to say this in Mark uh, 6.47, It says, later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake, and he was alone on the land. So the disciples are in the lake, in the boat, in the middle of the lake, and Jesus is on the land. And then it says this, he saw the disciples straining at the oars, because the wind was against them. He saw the disciples straining at the oars, because the wind was was against them. I just want to throw this in here, that whatever you're up against, whatever you're struggling with, whatever your hardship is at the moment, whatever is creating stress and anxiety in your life, listen, Jesus sees that. He's watching and he's paying attention. He knows what you're up against. He he knows the struggle that you're in. He knows the wind that is against you. And and he is with you. And and I think sometimes we just need to be reminded of that. We we need to just remind ourselves of that, that we are not alone. So when we, uh, he says, shortly before dawn, he went out, he went out to them walking on the lake. He was about to pass by them. But when they saw him, uh, when they saw him walking on the lake, they, they uh, thought he was a ghost. They cried out because they all saw him and were ter- terrified. Now, here's my, here's my second point, and this is my favorite point of, of this sermon. When you don't know what to do, don't freak out. <laughs> Just don't freak out. 
Just don't lose your mind over what is happening. Because the disciples are here, and, and they're in the middle of the lake, and, and there's a storm going on, the wind is blowing, the waves are crashing. In another uh, gospel, in, in the gospel of Matthew, this is the, the episode where Peter walks on the water, but he doesn't record that here, right? The, the gospel of Mark is scribed by Mark, but most Scholars believe it was actually dictated to him by Peter. So it's, the, it's really a gospel by Peter. And Peter doesn't include that story in, in, his, in his own gospel. And so um, th- that's, a, that's an interesting fact to me. Because I think, G- I think what Peter was trying to do here by eliminating that was he wanted to keep the focus on Jesus. He didn't want to focus on himself. He wanted to focus on Jesus. And, and Jesus is coming to them. And he's showing, them, showing himself. It says he was about to walk by them. But listen, that doesn't mean that he's just passing on by like he didn't notice they were there. And oh, I didn't see you. No, that's not what he's doing. This is reminiscent of when God passed by Moses and showed him his presence. Remember, he told Moses to hide in the cleft of the rocks and, and he would pass by him and show him his glory, show him his presence and show him his power. I think that's what Jesus is getting at here. I think that's what he's doing is he's going to his disciples, his followers who are up against a tough situation in a, in a dangerous spot, in a hard place, and he is going to show his glory and he's going to show his power and his presence to them. And when he goes by them, he, they, they freak out. They don't understand what is going on and they think, he's a ghost they 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 are uh you know there's a lot of superstition in in the jewish world that when you see a ghost it's because disaster is about to come upon you and and that's what they're thinking and they are terrified and and so my my point again once again when you don't know what to do don't freak out don't give in to fear Live in faith. Understand that God is with us, that He wants to protect us, and He wants to go with us, and He wants to come to us when we are in trouble. And it's a very important uh, point, I believe, to just stop and tell yourself, self, don't freak out. Trust God. Trust Jesus. The, in in um, Mark 6.50, it says, immediately he spoke to them and said, Take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. You see, Jesus is speaking to us continuously. He has said, I am always with you to the end of the age. I'm always there as an ever-present help. Don't freak out. It is I. Take courage. Do not fear. These are very important reminders that you need to continuously affirm yourself with because when the enemy comes in and starts to whisper in our ears and starts to try to get us to give in to fear and give in to that uh, that temptation of believing that we are all alone that we are without help that that no one is coming to rescue us listen it's not true and Jesus is just, is is giving us this illustration here in this story so that we can know that that we can call on him that we can trust in him in verse 53 it goes on to say this i'm sorry in verse uh, in the rest of that verse in 52 it says uh, then he climbed into the boat with them and the wind died down 
they were, uh, they were completely amazed, for they had not understood about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. I always find this such a strange little sentence in this. They, they, they didn't understand about the loaves. What does that have to do with Jesus walking on the water in the middle of a storm, calming the storm, climbing in the boat in the, in, you know, in the dark of the night? They're, they're, they're probably somewhere between 3 and 6 a.m., right? And, and so, and it says, but they were, they were, cle- they were completely amazed for they had not understood about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. When I read that, it made me think about all of the miracles that we've seen around here. It made me think of all the things that we have seen God do in this place, in our church, in our families, in, in our, our congregation, uh, not only providing all that we have uh, as a church, but also providing uh, miracles and healing and, and deliverance and all sorts of things that God has done. And yet, in, as we watch those miracles happen, how easy is it when things start crashing down and falling apart for us to just revert back to fear and forget all the miracles. You see, just the night before, literally probably just several hours before this has happened, they watched Jesus feed 5,000 men plus women and children with a couple of loaves of bread and fish. They saw a miracle. They saw an incredible miracle, a, a supply miracle that that is unprecedented. And yet, the Bible says their hearts were hardened because their hearts weren't open to understanding the possibilities of what God can do. Here's my point when it, for this one. Is, is when you don't know what to do, believe. <laughs> when you don't know what to do, when things are coming apart and flying apart at the seams, just believe. Just believe that God has a plan, that He knows what He's doing. Now listen, this is not always easy. In John chapter 6, verse 29, it says this, Jesus answered, the work of God, the work of God is this, to believe in the one He sent. <laughs> the work of God is this, to believe in the one He sent. The work that God has given us is to believe. That means it's not easy, it's work. It's something that you're not going to do by accident. You're going to do it intentionally if you do it. Because you're going to have to believe in spite of what you see with your natural eyes. You're going to have to believe in spite of what everyone else is saying uh, around you. You're going to have to believe in spite of uh, everything of this world. Because God is not of this world. He is beyond this world. He is of the kingdom. And in the kingdom we believe. And, and so living in that kingdom, in living in the kingdom mindset means that we live in the mindset of belief, that we are believing. And it, when he spoke of Abraham, uh, he says Abraham was credited because of his faith, because he was credited righteousness because of his faith. He was declared righteous because he believed 
That's how we, uh, that's how we receive righteousness. We don't, get right, we don't receive righteousness. We're not declared righteous because of what we do, because we got good enough at not sinning anymore or, or you know, doing the right things. No, we are credited with Christ's righteousness because we believe in Him. And it's that belief that is the work that God has given us to do as the church to, to move in that calling. In Mark uh, 6.53, it says, When they had crossed over, so now they're crossing over uh, the rest of the way in the, of the lake, they landed at Gennesaret and anchored there. As soon as they got out of the boat, people recognized Jesus. They ran throughout the whole region and carried the sick on mats to, where, to whatever, um, uh, to whatever they, he- they heard he- to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he went, into villages, towns, or countryside, they placed the sick in the marketplaces. They begged him to let them touch even the edge of his cloak. And all who touched, all who touched it were healed. Here's my last point. When you don't know what to do, run to Jesus. When you don't know what to do, run to Jesus. I know that can almost sound cliche. It can almost sound like some kind of religious uh, catchphrase or something that we, that we use. But listen, this is not about being religious. This is about a relationship that we have with the Savior. And the relationship with the Savior means that we can run to Him anytime we need Him. That He has called us, come unto me all who are weary and heavy laden. And I will give you rest. I will protect you. I will supply you. I will guard you. I will guard your hearts and your minds from anxiety and fear. I will set you free. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. These are all, these are not my words. These are words straight out of God's word. These are straight out of the scripture that are telling us and reminding us and affirming us that we can run to Jesus anytime that we have need, that he is an ever present help in our time of trouble. And so, where are you, believer? Where are you, Christian? Are you running to Jesus? Or are you wandering in the wilderness? Are you running to Jesus? Are you coming back to Him? Are you looking for Him? Or are you cowering in fear, hiding out somewhere and letting the devil shut you down? Because when, when we run to Him, He will always answer us. He will always be there. I want to... I want to finish this uh, sermon today with a couple of invitations. First, I want to invite you, if you've never received Christ as your Savior, if you just happen to be on the internet and somehow this popped up on your, on, on your screen, I want you to understand that the, this was a divine appointment that God has put in front of you. Because He wants you to respond. If you're still stuck in your sin, if you're still stuck in fear and, and, and you don't have the assurance of knowing where you go when you pass on from this life, because this is not the only life that there is. This is just a blip on the radar in the scope of all eternity that we uh, exist because th- we're not physical beings with a spirit. We are a spirit in a physical experience. And when we leave this physical experience, we go to the Spirit. And that's where what we decide, what we choose on this side of that line matters what happens on the other side. 
And Jesus came so that we could choose Him. He gave Himself up so that we could choose Him. So that we could, so that we could declare our faith in Him. And you can do that today simply by calling on His name. By crying out, by running to Jesus. You can, when you don't know what to do, run to Jesus. Call out to Him. I, I don't, you might be saying, I don't, I don't know much at all about the Bible. I don't know anything about this church thing. I don't, I don't know how, that doesn't matter. That, that's not what this is about. What this is about is a relationship between you and the God who loves you and who created you and who wants to be with you so badly that He gave Himself up for you. Uh, the second invitation is to us believers, and we're going to use communion to celebrate this. Because in communion, we remind ourselves of what we have been given. In communion, we remind ourselves of, of the opportunity that we have to call on His name that He will answer. In Romans chapter 5, verse 6 through 8, it says this, you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for uh, the ungodly. While we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But <laughs> we were not good people. We were sinners. And verse 8 says this, but God demonstrated His own love for, for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You see, if, if you've never received Christ as your Savior, you've never believed in Him and trusted Him to, to be the payment for your sin and to set you free in forgiveness, then this is your opportunity to do that. To call on His name. To remember his body that was broken. If you have done that, then we celebrate. We celebrate what we have done, what we have received, the grace that he's given. And so we receive the body that was broken, the bread that represents his body that he told his disciples on the night that he was betrayed. This is my body. Whenever you receive it, remember me. Do this in remembrance of me. So I want to invite you now to receive Christ's body and remember the sacrifice that makes it possible for you to know what to do when you don't know what to do. You run to Jesus. This is how we do it. We receive and we remember. Receive the body. In sacrificial thought, the blood was what was given to wash away the sins, to wash away the iniquity, to wash away the regret and the shame. And so Jesus said in that same moment, raising up the cup, he said, this represents my blood. This is my blood, the blood of the new covenant. The covenant of grace. The covenant of being able to call on my name and receive my spirit. The blood makes that possible. And when he died for us, 
sinners. He shed his blood so that we could call upon him and be forgiven and saved. And so I invite you to now with whatever you have, whether it's juice or coffee or water, it doesn't matter. It's what it represents that matters. I invite you to, to, to receive that which represents the blood of Christ. I want to pray for you, and I want to pray for us, and I want to pray for all of the people around us, our nation, our world, that we would begin to see even more and more clearly that God is up to something, that He's always been up to something, that He's always had a plan, and that plan is for you to have a relationship with Him and for us to enjoy our relationship with Him as we live in trust, not in fear. When you don't know what to do, what do you do? You call on the name of Jesus. You trust in Him. You believe in Him. You pray and connect with Him because He's always there. So Father, we just thank You for the opportunity to call on Your name, to know that You're always there to remind ourselves that we are never alone, that we are never left by ourselves or without hope because you are our hope. And we love you and we praise you and we worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have a great Sunday, everyone. Have a blessed week. And uh, I, hope you, I hope you have just an incredible time um, worshiping God and, and spending time in his word this week with him. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give to this ministry. Without you, the work we do at Connection Christian Church wouldn't be possible. If you would like to give online, please visit c3christianchurch.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, take a moment and subscribe and please share it with your friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you.